Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher, and today on the show, I am interviewing Fiona Tessoni. Fiona is a fertility coach and doctor of oriental medicine. Fiona works in Australia and has an incredible practice helping women through all kinds of fertility struggles, through both her coaching and her experience and knowledge as a doctor of oriental medicine or acupuncture. So this is a great episode. You won't want to miss it. I am excited and you should be too. I'll see you in a minute. Hello, Fiona. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to finally have you here with me. So welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and meet you finally, Cara. Finally is right. We've been working on this for months. So I'm psyched that we're finally here together. We're finally having this conversation because man, do we have a lot to talk about because you and I have a lot in common. You do such incredible work. And I just kind of want to jump right in and talk about that because something that I think is super cool, aside from the fact that you're a fertility coach, which is something incredible, you are also a doctor of Chinese medicine. And I think those are two very beautiful, complementary things. And one thing that I really love to know about people that I meet is like, how did you get into this field? What prompted your interest in fertility coaching, but also in acupuncture. Tell me a little bit about that. It's a convoluted story. and <laughs> Always is. Those are the best stories. And, you know, you never know where you're going to end up in life. I think it's funny. You know, I, I began originally thinking I was going to be a, a primary school teacher mm-hmm. and I started that vocation. It didn't fit with me. It didn't sit well with me. And uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to just go and explore, have my gap year. And my gap year was the two-year working visa. And I went to London and used London as a base. So yeah, in the interim leading up to going and saving the money, I I did a secretarial course and learned how to type and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, when you get to London, you either work in bars or you work in, you know, you're a secretary. So I was a legal PA working for a law firm in London. And, you know, I was just working and traveling the world and finding myself what I'm aligned to, do it. Did I want to be a lawyer? Um, you know, I had. I actually got sponsored by a law firm to go back to my country town in Dover, New South Wales, Australia, to study law at Peacock Dickinson Price. But I did a full 360 when I was in London because I had some acupuncture mm-hmm. on my back. I had back pain. I had a really bad water skiing accident when I was 15. Mm. And so I had a posterior bulge. So oh. I had a bulging disc. So it was varying degrees. Yeah, it was varying, varying degrees of pain. So I, for six years, I managed the pain, seeing all different types of therapists, GPs wanted to give me opiates. I saw physios, chiros, kinesiologists, mm-hmm. massage therapists. I did, you know, stretching, everything you can imagine. And uh, it, the pain was always with me. And one particular day, I just remember finishing work from um, Norton Rose and, and uh, I just saw this sign. I was walking off Tottenham Court Road, turned into Good Street, saw this sign, acupuncture for back pain. And I just walked in, met this little Chinese man and had acupuncture for the first time, mm-hmm. not knowing anything about it, not knowing about energy. And anyway, he asked me about my menstrual cycle. 
which I thought was a really strange thing to ask me. Yeah. You're like, well, <laughs> you know, because I'm here for my back pain. Right. But now I understand being a doctor of Chinese medicine, how the menstrual cycle, it gives you, it's a, such a, a pillar. It's like, you know, one of the fifth vital signs, mm-hmm. you know, um, that you can measure a person's health. So, you know, now I understand that the, the menstrual cycle was telling him so much about my physiology as a person. So that's, I know. So I still come back to that original moment because I thought this guy is batshit crazy. What does he want to know about my period? What is going on here? You know, I wanted to know about, you know, I was on the pill at the time. He wanted to know, um, you know, what the period was like before I went on the the, uh, the pill. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, anyway, so long story short, I, I did the acupuncture. I had two sessions within two weeks. The pain went. Like I'm talking about no pain, gone. I think I cried for a week. Uh, I was. I be- you know, when you're in a prison of pain, and I know with your shoulder, you said you've had surgery on your shoulder. Oh, that's a that's a story for another day. But yes, <laughs> it's just when you're in when you carry pain, it you just never think it's going to end. So when the screaming finally stopped, I thought, my God, I've finally. What is this energy? What is this about? What is Chinese medicine? So I remember the first book I could find on Chinese medicine was the Tao Te Ching. Mm-hmm which is now, you know, one of my Bibles, you know, I just think you could look at that as a metaphor for living. Right. You know, the famous um, Wayne Dwyer, you know, he he actually spent a year just studying the Tao Te Ching and every day he, he looked at one of the lessons and he applied it to every part of his life. Amazing. And he, yeah, so anyway, that was the first book I've read. Then it was like, it just, the, the information and the, the philosophy, it, it really resonated with my soul. I don't know. Anyway, so I thought, look, I'm just going to come back to Australia because it was very expensive for me to study in I London bet. as an international fee-paying student. Yeah. So I could come back to Australia. It was like literally a fraction of the price. So I just went on a whim. I got my parents to get the course prospectus and I got accepted to Sydney. And I chose Melbourne because I'd been living in London two years. Mm-hmm. And I thought I want to go to this the London of Australia. So I came to Melbourne, did my my Chinese medicine. It was a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in acupuncture. And I started with the acupuncture. And it wasn't years years later I did my master's in Chinese herbal medicine. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I got into female health because the period and the menstrual cycle is just such a big pillar of what we work with. Yes. So it doesn't matter what I'm, so originally I started with musculoskeletal injuries because mm-hmm. I was so fascinated. I loved, I was into sports and I loved, you know, um, amazing, you know, sports people. I've supported, you know, Olympic swimmers and Olympic runners and, you know, I love high performance people. Yeah, totally. So I started with that, but then I was starting to notice there's all these gynecological things that are coming up with the females mm-hmm. and I don't know I'm just I love men don't mm-hmm. get me wrong I love men I've <laughs> always worked with men but I love women I love empowering women and I just did I think it's maybe it's because I am a woman mm-hmm. and I understand you know I had to go yeah. through my own journey of coming off contraception and regulating my cycle and understanding that in my own process I just started to see a lot of things coming into the clinic gynecologically women were having problems with ovulation women were having problems with 
bleeding or clotting disorders or you know these high performance runners were not even having a menstrual cycle so we call that amenorrhea so that's the absence of periods so having to regulate that again because it is such a pillar of health yeah it's not healthy yeah and I've also worked with you know international bodybuilders where they will lose their cycle a lot of the women when they lose their body fat so and that makes so much sense exactly so it was not that I went I'm gonna work in fertility I'm going to be a doctor of training. <laughs> this is what it's going to be. <laughs> I am so needle. I am sensitive to acupuncture. Anyone that does acupuncture on me, I'm I jump all over the place. <laughs> um, I'm scared of hypodermics. I and so here I am with these needles and thinking, it so wasn't how I, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and yet. Um, it's just so powerful. So I've used the balance of acupuncture. Clearly now with the online coaching, I don't get to do the hands-on acupuncture. Right. I now rely solely on the Chinese herbs, but it's it's something that um changed my life. It sounds like it. And that's so incredible to me. You know, I mean, it, I can relate well, to a couple of things you said, but when you find what just touches your soul, if you will, it's life-changing because yeah. helping people through what I see as some of the most difficult times in their lives is just so powerful and magical, really. And I think, yeah. you know, and I'm a huge proponent of acupuncture. Yeah. I have a number of close friends who are acupuncturists and they're all incredible. And, you know, when I was going through infertility, one of them worked on me and I think she she gave me a few sessions before and after my IVF cycle. And she also did work with me long before I went to IVF. And I just, every single session I left there, like, like I felt like I could breathe, you know what I mean? And it was incredible to me that just the, the change I, I, because while I was there, I don't, I don't, love needles you know I'm not like oh go stick me with a needle that sounds great no (laughs) No. that does not sound fun but even you know even when she put the ones in my in my ear and I'd be like oh that doesn't feel good and there was like one spot on my foot that was so painful and just one foot all the time yeah but even with that I still felt this like overwhelming like I, I, like a weight was always lifted off of my shoulders every time I left. And I just, well, think- you know, look at it. The moment you put a needle in, you're calming the nervous system. Yep. It's almost like the cortisol just drops. It's like, you know, when you have an orgasm and you just go, oh my God, I feel good. Yes. Or, or you've just had this you've yes. outburst, you've had a cry. It's like, ah, oh, aha yes. moment. Exactly. Ac- acupuncture does that for me every single time. I feel the same every way. Time. Like I have a patient right now in the US and she was so afraid of going to have acupuncture and I found her an acupuncturist where in her city and uh, she basically said, I'm so not a fan. Mm-hmm. But she went, she had it and she said, Fiona, I can't believe it. I feel so relaxed. That's so incredible. And she's it's- one of those people, she's a business executive, she's in her head, she is high functioning she and I think it really just drops you back into the body you know mm-hmm. oh yeah. totally I, you just said that so well because that's exactly what happens and yeah. it's it's just something really special and, and I wanted to ask you a little bit um about acupuncture a little bit 
further because I know that there are a lot of benefits for acupuncture in general, and there are a lot for, you know, reproductive, I always say reproductive issues and successes, because, you know, for me, I work with women with infertility and who are pregnant after infertility and who are postpartum after infertility. So I see those as both struggles and successes. Um, But one of the really interesting things to me is acupuncture before and after IVF. Now, again, when I went through IVF, I did acupuncture before and after, and I would love it if you could tell me a little bit about the benefits there. Like, what are mm. the benefits of doing IV? I yeah. meant to say acupuncture. Well, we, we so, yeah. say this technically, you know, pre and post IVF transfer, but mm-hmm. realistically, when I'm working with somebody, you'd be seeing them weekly. Mm-hmm. Like, you we usually see them throughout the cycle. So you can have acupuncture throughout the entire IVF process. And that's what we do recommend. So normally when I'm working with somebody, it would be weekly appointments doing the acupuncture, but it's imperative to do the pre and post, you know, they've done studies now a lot and and a lot of IVF clinics actually have in in in-house acupuncture clinics Mm -hmm. because they've seen the benefit um, when you do the pre and post acupuncture, that it improves the implantation and the success rate by 65%. I yeah, mean, that's a huge percentage. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Yeah, that's I don't think incredible. anything. No, I know exactly right. So, you know, not so that that's just one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But then it's just you know, from our perspective, we have to prepare everything. We want to send the blood flow to the uterus, get things circulating. You know, make sure that you're in the right mindset, because if you're too in your head. You know, part of it in Chinese medicine, we have to connect the heart to the uterus. There's a, a meridian that goes from the heart to the to the uterus, and it's called the bowel mine. It's and if if the heart's not open, and the things that can block the heart and shut the heart down is when you're overthinking and you're busy in the mind. And in our Western society, we're so cognitive. We're on the internet. We're we're googling. We're we're you know FaceTiming, Snapchat. It's just Instagram too much yes. stimulus in the head. Yes. So the acupuncture puts the mind aside. It allows women to drop in to the heart. Mm-hmm. So it opens up the heart. It prepares the bowel mind and it talks to the uterus. It says, open the gates, receive. I love that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, oh, and I know that yeah. sounds crazy, but it is, that's what happens. It, doesn't it makes, the, it makes, it makes the uterine lining receptive. It stops all these crazy spasms and, you know, because your body, if there's chi stagnation and things aren't, then, you know, that ability to implant, it becomes turbulent. Right. So we want to make sure everything is just, you know, I call it like the Lady Cara, like the, you know, the ocean. We want to just think like the ocean. We want to follow now. We want to follow the way. Yes. So, Well said. (laughs) I love that. I mean, because it is, you know, it's just, it's so interesting to me, you know, I have a very basic understanding of traditional Chinese medicine. You know, I, it was part of my massage therapy curriculum when I was a student. It was part of what I taught as a teacher because I taught massage therapy. um, Well, I taught at multiple schools. I, I teach continuing education to massage therapists and I include some of my very, very basic knowledge. Again, I want to emphasize my knowledge is very basic when it comes to traditional Chinese medicine, meridians and everything, but it's so fascinating when you really learn about it and you learn how, 
the way you described that wave just then, man, that just well, like, it's like everything's got to be in a state of balance. Like right. fertility is all about balance, home, you know, and most women are so unbalanced, you know, emotions, their mindset, the acupuncture. It's like without the dialogue, without having to do a lot, the needles do the work. It's almost like stand aside, just let the needles do their thing because they, they, they're like magic. They really are. And, um, you know, it's not just working on the physiological body, but the mindset, the mind, um, it's calming you in a way that, I mean, I don't think any kind of pre-op Xanax or <laughs> Valium could give you. Mm-hmm. And it's natural. So yes. no side effects, balances the hormones, prepares the lining, do you know what I mean? And women sometimes often have problems with their egg quality. Mm-hmm. And um, so it helps improve the egg quality, especially, you know, if you've got diminished ovarian reserve mm-hmm. and women are getting really stressed going through that IVF process, it can improve on those IVF protocols. Right. So I work alongside IVF. It's not just working with women naturally, mm-hmm. but I'll work with women before they're doing IVF, while they're doing IVF, and then postpartumly. You know, we call postpartum the fourth trimester. That's the trimester that most women forget about. Yes. And that's where in Chinese medicine we do the mother roasting. We moxa the belly. You know, Mm -hmm. we contract the uterus, which helps the nipples lactate. There's We have a moxa stick. It looks like a cigar. Yes, it does. It's a cigar and it's burning. You burn it close to the skin. And it's it's this herb called Artemis vulgaris. Mm -hmm. Its slang word is moxa, moxibustion. And, you know, we call this mother roasting. So we do that around the uterus and around the lumbar and it's so nourishing. It warms the body, helps women to recover. Um, but a lot of these tools and techniques are things that have been around for thousands of years mm-hmm. in Chinese medicine, do you know? And, and this wisdom that I love to impart is, is it's following a lineage because I just think, can you imagine back three to 5,000 years of a lineage of medicine. When you look at Western medicine, it's, we're talking one to 200 years old. Exactly. And exactly. I'm, not, I'm not poo-pooing Western medicine, but it's just look at this lineage, this understanding of how it merges with the seasons and your body and it's that cultivation, that holistic way of looking at life in recovery. Yeah. Oh, I mean, gosh, well, you really, you really put that in in perspective didn't you and it is so accurate though because you're absolutely right western medicine is a completely different approach that just doesn't have this incredible what do I want to say backing you know what I mean thousands well, so much- of years Exactly. You know, sometimes hundreds. I look at it and think, okay, the system we're in right now is a patriarchal system, this mm-hmm. Western medical model. Yes, it is. 100%. And the Chinese medical model, I don't, I mean, I just find it taps into that that matriarchy, that feminine, you know. So I actually find it's the balance of both, the mm-hmm. yin and yang, you know. So that's why I like to work with the Western medicine doctors. A lot of them are very threatened by me, clearly, but I'm not the reality surprised. is. sadly not at all (laughs) but I'm finding now that it's becoming more integrative like a lot of doctors now like now with the especially the IVF clinics they're doing the acupuncture Mm -hmm. most GPs now prescribe their own acupuncture even though it's a bit botchy it's they're not trained yeah the years and they don't have the understanding as someone that's done four years yeah no yeah but it's it just shows you the power of it well it is so powerful 
Yeah, like you've got, you've even got physios and osteos now jumping in with the dry needling because this works. Exactly. It does work. It works. And it's incredible. It's so cool. I love how excited you are about it. And that's, (laughs) that's just so exciting to me because when I'm going to sort of give an example here for me, looking as like a, a patient perspective, for example, there's something really healing about someone who is super passionate about what they do. And the example I'm going to give is as a student, when I was in college, I took an astronomy class and astronomy was extremely overwhelming and scary to me. Scary. I'm not kidding. Not just overwhelming. It scared me. I was like, stars are scary. The whole concept of the universe is too overwhelming. It terrifies me. And I sat every night because I took my classes at night. And I sat there like this every night, just in a trance, because she was so excited about every single thing she told us that I was like, tell me more. I have to know more. I took so many notes in her class simply (laughs) because she was so excited. So I was like, I got to be excited. And that's how I feel talking to you is you're so excited because you get, you don't just know what you're talking about. You feel I let me rephrase that. I feel the passion that you feel for what you do because it's so important to you and you see results and, and it all makes sense. And that's just so exciting to me. And I'm getting excited over here. The the beauty of Chinese medicine is it looks at that quantum field that everything is related to everything else. So, you know, it's to, to look at the whole. So we don't just get an infertility diagnosis. We go, well, all right, that's just one aspect of this. Let's look at your relationship. Let's look at your sleep patterns. Let's look at the Bristol stool chart and analyze your, your poop. Good times. <laughs> you know, and people kind of think, oh, my God, she wants to analyze my poop. I'm like, yeah, I yes, do. I, I do because it'll tell me a lot. Everything's a diagnostic tool. Like Absolutely. even the way people, the luster in people's skin, their eyes, the texture of their tongue, the color, the markings, all everything is information in Chinese medicine. Even the energy with how you say things, the quality of how you say things, the energy mm-hmm. behind how you say things. Right. You know, when you, I don't have to ask people that are depressed that they're depressed because how they talk is depressed. Exactly. There's a way. And so Chinese medicine has all these tools of, to, of diagnosis and palpation, of listening, looking, touching, feeling, using all of our senses of perception, which I love this medicine because yes. of that. Because... I don't know, but I've been to a lot of doctors, Western doctors in my time. I don't think one of them soul gaze with me, look into my eyes. Mm-hmm. They're all too busy looking down or yep. writing a script or even touched me, held my hand. Mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, we feel the pulse. We get to understand people's energy frequencies. And I can tell you a lot just by feeling the pulse on the radial wrist. Mm-hmm. And even just that form of contact, physical contact to touch another human, you know, human to human. People love it. Oh, and then yeah. I'll often, sometimes they feel nervous and I'll hold their hand. And I just feel like there's just this tenderness with this medicine. There um, is. It's oh, this magic. It is magic. Oh, my God. I'm over here so excited. I like, have <laughs> to calm down here because you're right. You just, you use the word magic and that's such a powerful yeah. word. And that's such a great way to describe it. It and is magic. I think that's the thing that people often think call us witchy poo doctors, but I like to call us <laughs> alchemists 
Because that's what we are, you know, we're looking at all, you know, sometimes I'll have people come in with a one or 3% chance of conception. They've been given a a percentage and it's it's so definitive. And I'm like, I love working against that, you know, I love working the miracle and being part of this miracle in action. And that's what Chinese medicine is all about. We're not defined by things and everything is organic matter and it can be changed and it can be transmuted and it can be alchemized into gold and and I I just feel like that's the story of creation I'm so fascinated by that and so I feel like as a co-creator just to share a small piece of that I feel like the glitter the star in the sky you know you know I get that (laughs) oh I love it (laughs) I love it I love it that's so exciting I just Oh, I feel like I have to like take a deep breath because I can breath. feel my excitement level is so high right now. It's like, ah, um, I, I, I did. Right. What's that? So even when I'm working with people, the, the journey is so different with everybody. Yes. You know, that's why it's so customized and tailorized because, you know, it's like a Rubik's cube. There's not one human being that's the same. There's not like, just for example, you, you may have two people that present with headaches in the same spot. The treatment protocol will be completely different. Yeah. One will get heating herbs, one will get cooling herbs, one will get a prescription of, you know, local points around the head, other person will get them distally. It's it's totally different. The food therapy, everything is different. Because we're all unique. Yeah. So and it's I, I love the I love my brain is constantly being fed. I'm a sponge. I need I need high stimulus. Mm-hmm. And so when I work with couples, it's just or it's a Rubik's cube. I'm like, all right, let's pull this apart. Let's try this. Let's try that. Did that work? I'm I'm prepared to fail with you. Sometimes you need to prepare to fail to find and investigate a yes. theory because everything's a hypothesis until it's tested. Exactly. So you got to test things as an alchemist. Sometimes you get it wrong, but you know what? I'm like a dog with a bone. Eventually, I'm going to get it right. That's. I never oh, give yes. up. You know, that's. I've got that tattooed on my arm. My husband and I. I it's love called, it. Credoci sempre rendersi mai. My husband's Italian. It should be Chinese, but anyway, it's Italian. <laughs> I love it's it. My love husband, it. my husband has my heart, but it basically translates to always believe and never give up. And that's what and that's Chinese medicine is about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you are so touching my soul here with this. <laughs> um, one of the big things I really wanted to ask you about is your coaching program, the Pregnancy Accelerator. I would love if you could tell me and our listeners a little bit about your program and and what it is and what it's all about sure well basically it's an online coaching course very different to what I used to do in my clinic Mm face-to-face so this is the business model that I've been able to develop and um, even though I've practiced for the last 22 years now it's like time flies when you're having fun tell me but we've made yeah, we've merged into this new business model online. So it's a fertility coaching course. And basically, women commit to weekly calls. And basically, they will give me their infertility diagnosis. We'll workshop that and I'll see where I can improve on protocols. If they've been given an IVF protocol, or, you know, if they've been given, you know, they've been told that they're diabetic, or they've got gut dysbiosis or for example you were telling me you know with you IBS or something like that Mm -hmm. I will see if I can pull apart that diagnosis and improve that 
you know. So often when I'm working with couples, we improve their diagnosis and it becomes irrelevant because as you change and women make the changes and husbands make the changes, the sperm improves, all of a sudden that diagnosis goes out the window. So I love that. So I say to people, don't get attached to the diagnostic the diagnostics Mm -hmm. so we pull that apart so I'll improve with supplementation dietary therapy Um, I will prescribe Chinese herbs and I send them internationally I've got different suppliers around the world so they take their herbs Um, but then it's more than that because a lot of time you know you can look at the physiology of a person but the reality is when you've been struggling to conceive for three ten like I've got one lady right now 19 years has just joined the program and that taxes the body and the mind and the soul so you know we've got to go soul deep what happened you know 19 years ago and what's been that journey to now and and then it can be little things it can be even things in the childhood Mm -hmm. things that are blocking them from you know even opening up their wombs like what is what are they protecting they could have had trauma they could have had abandonment neglect Um, intimacy issues so there could be intimacy issues even in their relationships so I do a lot of relationship counseling trauma counseling and working through those blocks Mm -hmm. and integrating them and giving them tools and strategies so there's meditation techniques I'm also trained as an Iyengar instructor and so I employ a lot of breathing techniques Mm because I find you know a lot of the time women when they can't do their acupuncture when they can learn alternate nostril breathing, Nadi Shadana, or, do you know, expel the venom with Bastrika, <laughs> you know, things like that, yeah. you know, um, it's powerful. There, So I teach women, oh, there's the beautiful surrendering of all the senses, Brahmari, the, the bumblebee breath. I teach these couples these breathing techniques and as much as they they feel like what is she where is she going with this (laughs) I love it (laughs) love it it's a strategy that they can use but I've had some of the husbands that have had chronic sinusitis all of a sudden not have to use the asthma medication and they're like it's from Nadi Shadana Fiona it's from the alternate nostril breathing and I'm like good job you know so I integrate a lot of different things, you know, and part of it, I, I used to, when I first, when I was living in the country growing um, we moved to Dubbo, New South Wales. I was, I finished my, I, I start, went there when I was 12 and finished my high school years there. And I remember when I was around 17, my mother said, I'd love to do some Tai Chi. And it was in the CWA hall. And I said, okay, I'll come with you. And it was with all these, my mother and all these really elderly people. Mm-hmm. And our instructor was a Qigong master. He trained under Chinese grandmasters. So not only did he do Tai Chi, but he did Qigong. Mm-hmm. So I learned all of this Tai Chi and Qigong. And he took me aside. He said to my mother, Fiona's got perfect form. I used to be a dancer and a state gymnast and, you know, very fit person, did lots of different sports. And I think he saw that in me. Mm-hmm. So he gave me private tuition for the next two years to wow. train under him. So it's really funny how sometimes you come full circle in life. Mm-hmm. And here I am studying Chinese medicine and helping women. I now infuse a lot of the Qigong exercises and the Tai Chi exercises because it's something that women can do, yes. just breath work, but with a little bit of movement. And it's really fun. So if I'm working on different parts of the cycle, I'll give them some Qigong exercise, really simple, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I always give people one or two things because if it's if you give them too many things, it's too complex, they won't do it. But if I give you one thing and we go over it in the coaching call and you do this for the next seven days till our next coaching call, this is going to help you on your follicular phase or help you while you're going through the two-week wait, you know, things like that. So I infuse those techniques as well. Um, it's it's fairly comprehensive. You know, it's kind of like how do you describe a piece of string? Right. <laughs> well <laughs> how long is a piece of string so now i might have got an irish part of my heritage is irish and scottish and english and chinese like one sixteenth chinese but anyway we have these funny irish jokes and it's like i remember my my one of my childhood memories was my mother saying to me how long is a piece of string it was a joke <laughs> and they would say the answer is it's it's this color <laughs> and i never got it and you're not meant to right so it's a bit like the coaching. It's hard to explain because what I'll map out for um, the couple's needs, it's just tailorizing the prescription for them. Like you know, do they need more work on tantra and intimacy building? Mm-hmm. Do I need to help them navigate difficult conversations, big choices? You know, they might be having to consider egg donor or donor sperm or, you know, uh, surrogacy. Uh, they're just, there's a lot of, heavy conversations and I might have to help navigate them through so I'm like I'm your best friend I've got the cosmic umbilical cord and and I kind of like that I love it I love how you just said that yeah and then you know there's other things that we integrate like you know I'll give them fertility techniques like abdominal gua sha castor oil packs you'll probably know this from your massage days um but even like the femoral massage yep like leading from from the last day of your period, leading up to ovulation, I'll get I'll teach the husbands how to occlude the femoral artery, mm-hmm. and to do that together. So I give the husbands all these tools and strategies, and they get get the women to practice on the husbands. Mm-hmm. Love so I love that. <laughs> I mean, what a what a great way to get everybody involved and do exactly. it together, and yeah. that helps that helps the intimacy side, which is really impaired in a lot of cases when you're going through infertility it just kind of messes with any type of interest at all and other things I'll do which I love little things you know like I'll think of this and this comes from um I'm just trying to think of his name the author of but it's, it's a concept that's developed by this author and I'll remember his name in a second anyway it's about using all senses and using the quantum field so using you know sights taste touch hearing sound and you so I get women and couples to create a vision of a future time and place when they're having their newborn or they're in utero and then I'll get them to sing their lullaby you know and I find when you're stressed it's hard to sing but if you sing it de-stresses you And so it's like a little reminder, like if it's twinkle, twinkle, little star, you know, and you can see some of them start crying because it's, you know, it's literally opening up their heart to dream again. And do you know, what is your vision? Is it summer? Is it taste? Can you smell the, the fairy floss at the showground? Is it this ocean? Is it, you know, so you start to move towards that. That's what the subconscious is listening to. Right. You're so right. Joe Dispenza it's the you are the placebo it's one of my favorite books of all time and this is Joe Dispenza's work he actually did this in his own experience he got knocked over in a in a um 
he was a he was doing a triathlon he got knocked over running and mm. he completely crushed all the vertebrae of his spine mm. so they were wanting to put huntington rods down the side of his spine they mm. said he'd never walk again if he didn't have the huntington rods and he was a chiropractor so he said i'm going to heal my back so he went home to a friend's house and with the power of his mind he used this technique he used all of his senses of perception. He visualized a future time and place where he was walking on the boardwalk. What could he smell? And he visualized every single vertebra healing with light energy. And 10 weeks later, he got up off that bed and walked out of that friend's house. 12 weeks later, he was practicing chiropractic again. 13 weeks later, he was back at the gym. And there's no trace of it. I mean, the x-rays... So this, this man's a genius. If you haven't tapped into really? Joe Dispenza, you need to tap into Joe Dispenza. He's my yeah, idol, yeah. my superhero. I can see why. I can see why. He sounds <laughs> There's so incredible. many superheroes, but he's one of them. Yeah. I love it. Speaking of, actually, yeah. that actually brings me to the point in my podcast interviews where I like to switch gear and ask you some fun stuff. And you said superhero, which kind of in a way leads into the next, this next part where I like to ask all of my guests, who are the three most influential or inspirational people in their life? And, and simply because you said the word superhero, it made me think <laughs> that kind of leads into this question. So, I yeah. I, right. And, and this is just a question I love to ask people because I think it's really fun to really like get introspective here and like think. Like, whoa, mm. wait a minute. Who are these three people that have, you know, really inspired me or influenced my life? So so here you go. Three people and go. First one clearly is Beethoven. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm classically trained on the piano and I fell in love with Beethoven when I was seven. And the Moonlight Sonata is probably one of my favorite pieces of mm, all time. My favorite by far. And when I was doing my exams, like I think I was as as an eight-year-old, I think I was doing my third or fourth exam and, you know, fourth grade exams. And we had to research composer. So I clearly, I did Beethoven. Mm -hmm. And I was just fascinated by his life. The fact that he used music to transmute his dysfunctional family life. Mm -hmm. The fact that he had trauma there and used music as that that medicine. I love that. And so I've often used music to help heal me and so I use and infuse those concepts infertility I'll get women to listen to music like you know like Beethoven or, or music that they resonate with so and even the fact that he was able to compose these symphonies while he was deaf is is mastery and a genius at a level that I'm so inspired by and even now if I'm really need to be lifted up and as as macabre and somber as Moonlight Sonata is it makes me feel happy. Totally. I, I get it. Believe it or not, I get that. It calms my nervous system. And, and physically, to play Beethoven, it requires every part of you. You know, it requires all of you. Like, you can play Mozart. It's also happy. But Beethoven taps you to the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And, mm-hmm. and this fertility process is like that. So it is Beethoven to me. So Beethoven is my number one love that <laughs> so wow. okay i'd say um maya angelo is my mm. second one yeah i think she's a mentor for so many women you know i think she's the mother of all mothers yeah. 
I just think she she weaves the magic. Her life, her legacy, what she achieved in her lifetime as an African American woman, her speech at Bill Clinton's inauguration is one of my favorite poems of all time. She's amazing. <laughs> she she was she was so incredible. So I read her poetry for even like if I I if I'm one of my Instagram reels I have phenomenal woman because that's one of my favorite poems as well still I rise and her autobiography is just I've only read the first book in the series Mm. and it's 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 next level so you know I'd I'd actually love to be able to sit down with I got that (laughs) and I'd love I don't know if you've seen the um Oprah Winfrey it's it's her her mentor and Mm -hmm. her as well she sat down with Maya before she died and she had a super soul conversation and it's split into two parts I'll send it to you it's it goes through the decades of her life and uh, what were the 30s like what were the 20s like what was you know overcoming the things that she did you know being a writer being an activist being a playwright being a director um this woman is so multi-talented but she she just appreciates where she is now in every decade oh she goes you're gonna love the 70s they were so great and then she goes to the 80s and the 90s and you just feel so present with her she feels so present in her life she to me is the mother of all mothers she is the mother of of humanity for me she's the rainbow in the clouds she's my she's she's my unicorn love that (laughs) And I can understand why. <laughs> and the third one, this is another interesting story, but uh, Lena Horn, I don't know if you know her. Mm-hmm. She's another African-American woman, another activist. She was a dancer and um, another storyteller. But I I didn't know about Lena Horn until I was about, how old was I? 20, 23, I was in New York visiting a friend and he took me to the Avery Fisher Hall at the Lincoln Centre for Lena Horne's tribute birthday concert. And I'm like, he goes, you don't know Lena Horne? This is Liza Minnelli's mother's, this is a Judy Garland's best friend. Mm-hmm. No, you don't know Lena Horne? What's wrong, wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with me? So clearly I got a full upgrade. We watched the entire life of Lena Horne and I am um, they actually had her when she first started in the in the chorus with the cotton club dancers and they had these old ladies in their 90s dancing on stage and they went through and they had all of these artists in America tribute her life Liza Minnelli did a song Lenny Kravitz did a song <laughs> and I got to understand this woman's life, her legacy, and she's on a she's on a par with a with a Maya Angelou for me. Yeah. Then afterwards, we went upstairs and we we went to her private birthday party. Now, get this: I'm thinking I'm at the private birthday party of Lena Horn, who I didn't know, and I've just got to know this life, and yes. I'm so blown away. You know, when you're in awe of somebody's life. Yes, I do. I see Liza Minnelli over here. My friend takes me over to meet Lenny Kravitz. Oh, my God. Who just pouted at me, which was hilarious. <sighs> but then Lena was walking around our table. And my friend, he's just so gregarious. His name is Phil. He's like, do you want to meet Lena? And I said, you mean I get to meet the birthday girl? I was just oh like, ah! How cool is that? <laughs> I <Yes>. mean, <laughs> yeah, keep your cool year, right? Yeah, <laughs> only in America. Um, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I got to meet Lena and held her hand she was really petite and it was she was so generous and kind and 
Yeah, so she's a great inspiration for me. And I just think when life gets tough, I look at these women. These women are really the big pillars for me. Don't get me wrong, Beethoven is up there. But I'm so inspired by these phenomenal African-American women and their legacy and the love that they had and they carried right till the end. Definitely. I hope I live that life. Oh, oh, I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, I, listen, these are such personal answers, but wow, they're always, I love asking that question. I it's do. a great question. It, it's just, I don't know. I just, there's something that I think is so fascinating about thinking about these things and realizing, wow. And then my next question is, a, a variation, if you will, on that. Yeah, yeah. Next question is, if you could have, um, I always say dinner party, but it doesn't have to be a dinner party. If you don't like dinner parties, it could be a walk on the beach or hanging <laughs> out on someone's front porch or something. That's just a couple of examples that people have given. Um, so if you could have a dinner party or whatever with three, and I'm going to quote people, mm-hmm. dead or alive, fictional or real, related to you, not related to you. Uh, they don't have to be people. They can be uh, Muppets. They can be <laughs> cartoons. They can be ghosts. They can I, be yeah. animals. They can be uh, fairies, whatever it is. I, I really like to make this question as abstract as possible because it really makes people think. <laughs> and they don't. If, if I interview someone more than once, they don't always have the same answer, which is really interesting. Okay. So those three, I'm going to say beings. Who yes. is those three be and why? And they can be the same as your previous answers. Some people have the same answer for both and that's fine. So yes, there you go. Those well, clearly ones. Maya has to be there because for me, I really resonate with her. You know, mm-hmm. I just feel she's the greatest matriarch. As I said, she's the mother of all mothers. She's my greatest inspiration. Poetry just speaks to my soul. I am, my language of love is words of affirmation. So I would love to sit down, have a super soul conversation with with her, hold her hand, listen to her legacy, just tap into that divine wisdom and her spirit. And yeah, so she would be, she would be the first person for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Really left field, but Sean Connery. Oh, that's an interesting (laughs) one. I like it. I mean, I like I like Sean Connery, don't get me wrong. I love, I love older men. I love Sean Connery. I love anything Bond. Can I, I tell you, Bond, I love that you just said you love older men because I do too. I'm do. particularly in love with Mark Harmon. So yes. I completely, yeah. completely get it. I mean, well, my husband, my husband's Connery, 16 years older than me. I'm in love with my husband, but yeah, he's my Sean Connery. And I, the fact that he's Scottish, he's charming, he's witty. Yeah. I would just love to sit down with a Vespa martini with Sean Connery, be seduced and talk everything Bond films. Amazing, right? <laughs> that would be awesome. And and my other my other favorite film with Sean Connery, it's called The Highlander. I watched I know it of back, it. Yeah, I watched it back in the late 80s and Sean Connery with his accent, it's all about living forever and and I just remember him with his accent. It's the quickening you're feeling. <laughs> So I'd love, love to it. sit in a castle with the Vespa martinis, oh. with the fire, the open fire, and yeah. even watch a Bond film with him. I mean, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> Hello, let's watch this, one of your movies, sir. Yeah. I don't do 
Scottish accents, but you know, that's yeah. just me. I do other accents, <laughs> but that's not one of them. <laughs> None of my accents are good, but anyway, oh, moving along. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He makes my heart sing. I love it. I love the last it. one, I would have to say the Dalai Lama. Uh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a personal. I know it's so cliche and I was trying to think of something that's different, but the reason matter. Yeah. I just look at everything, his ethics, you know, I wrote the, I read the art of happiness. Mm -hmm. I wrote his um, ethics for the new millennium, Mm -hmm. um, how he writes the life and legacy he leaves and just about you know, he talks about the real stuff, the anxiety, the suffering, and how we're chasing this elusive happiness. You know, sometimes happiness can be doing creative acts and kindness for other people is the art of happiness. You know, we're chasing this thing, you know, emotions, are, they change all of the time. And I think that's the illusion. And he, he pulls the veils away for us. Mm-hmm. And he's able to have such love and compassion, which I think is such a great um, virtue to impart to humanity. Yeah. You know, he's surrounded himself with China, you know. Um, and I look at that as the greatest saboteur, but that's where he learns from someone like China. The Dalai Lama chose the greatest saboteur. Who else could it be? Of course it's going to be China. Right. You know, but yeah, <laughs> I do, and he still has that love and compassion and that humility um, and that grace, divine grace. So I would love to sit in grace with him. I have to write that down. I mean, I yeah, I think that's a, a great one. And and you know, to me, this question because a lot of people give answers and say things like, "I know it might sound cheesy or cliche or whatever," <laughs> but the truth is. It's not that any answer is a brilliant answer and if I asked you this question in six months you might give the same answer and you might not if I asked you next week you might have the same answer you might not it's just no. that's what makes it fun for me is because it's such well, a I'd love, I'd love to sit question. in the room and have Katie Lang sing hallelujah but right? I you know my list is endless exactly you know. <laughs> and that's why I make people choose three some people yeah. you know cheat a little bit and they have more than three and that's fine or they group a few people into one and that's fine too. I'm not strict. (laughs) I have one last question for you. And this is a very simple one. Where can our listeners find you? How can they connect with you, learn about you and just get to know you? Yeah. I'm on Instagram at dr.fionadizoni. I'm on the internet on pregnancyaccelerator.com. And I'm also on Facebook. I've got a private Facebook group it's called the Pregnancy Accelerator Group and you can find me there and join the group. And there's a lot of value actually in the group from women all around the world. You can ask any question, whether you're, you know, whether you're pregnant or not, or even postpartumly. It's a platform and it's a space for women just to come together and I will try and answer as many questions as I can. So they're the three places to really reach me. I'm on LinkedIn as well and other, other platforms, but um those places you'll find me. Awesome. Well, I will put all of that in the show notes so that people can click and find you. Thank you, Cara. And Fiona, I just want to thank you for this amazing conversation. This was not just fun and informative, but you just, you have such a, a special way about you, which I think is just wonderful and delightful and 
I don't know. I'm just so grateful that we, you know, after all these months, finally, finally got to do this and that, you know, you took the time out of your, your schedule to talk with me today. So thank you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to talk to another like-minded soul. Sister tribe. Yes. I like You're that. You're a phenomenal woman. Sister tribe. Thank you, Sarah. All about <laughs> it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.